I don't love every film that I've seen of his, but you can count on the fact that it's going to be visually striking, number one, and the fact that it's going to move you one way or the other. The sort of folklore, the concept is, I think, universal, but only Irish horror movies ever do it justice, I think. And by the end, the whole film structurally falls apart, and I love those type of films that they just melt down by the end, and they're going like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> all right, we're going into the woods this time, but it's not a musical. Not at all. We're going to go into the, <laughs> the dark and haunted forest with a... A great special guest, a return guest, and we're glad to have him back. And glad to have you back. Welcome. This is the Fright Club Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from MadWolf.com. And first of all, thank you to everybody that came out. We had a lot of fun because we, we had taken about a month off of the podcast to shoot our own movie. What? Uh, and then we got back at it last time live at the Gateway Film Center in front of that great crowd as we talked about they had sex with what? And watched a great movie where something like that happened <laughs> called Spring. And we had a we had a really nice crowd and a lot of people were into it. And again, we just continue after these movies to get better and better comments. We got some great comments about this movie. We did. I was surprised not that many people had seen it. And um, and I think a lot of people had seen uh, Benson Moorhead's other films. Uh, we've, we've actually shown at least one of their other films. And, uh, and, and this is such a change of pace for them. And it's so beautiful, set in Italy. It's so gorgeous. I think even the people who had seen it were happy to finally get a chance to see it on the big screen. It seemed like everybody really enjoyed it. And Seth had one thought about our list, and he wondered where the lure was. And I got to say, I know, it was. It almost did make that list. Uh, and I, I think we had intended to talk about it tangentially and then just forgot to. Yeah, that's a real swing and a miss on our part. Yeah, Good call, Seth, because the lure, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then we had a couple of big announcements over the month that we took off. A couple of big things popped up, and really the first is that if, if you if you join us here in Columbus, Ohio, at our live Fright Club events, we are moving. It's been Wednesday nights, the second Wednesday of every month now for a long time, but after a lot of discussion with Chris Hamill from the Gateway Film Center, who's been great to us, we decided to move it going forward to Friday nights. That's right. So that's kind of exciting because we can stay up later on a Friday. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're moving it to, it'll be the second Friday of every month. We're going to start with a mixer at 8 p.m. and then we'll do the podcast at 9 and show the film at 9.30. So for our very first one... A mixer. That sounds so... <laughs> It's not happy hour. It's a mixer. I think it's because it's too late in the day to be called happy hour. That's what I <laughs> well, think. We'll be happy. <laughs> So our first one, the first film we're going to show at our new Friday time slot is actually Marjan Satrapi's The Voices, starring Ryan Reynolds, the 2014 treasure that no one saw. We've been trying, how long have we been trying to get Years. this movie? Years. So I'm so excited that we finally get to show it, and our topic is going to be cats. Cats Yay. and horror movies. And we're going to bring along our cat from home. No, no. we're not, because she would not put <laughs> up with that for one second, uh, but she'll be there in spirit. That's right. We'll dedicate it to Velma. <laughs> so yeah. Friday nights going forward, that should be fun. So now we're back in the studio, well, competing studios across the miles, because we welcome back a great uh, friend of Fright Club that we've had on. Well, it's been a while, but it was a great episode. Director of Hex, director of The Droving. He was last on to talk Dark Ages horror with us, and he's just kicked off a new series. This is very cool. We'll talk about this. 
of feature-length documentaries, A Side World, with the first one, The Haunted Forests of England. George Popov, welcome. Oh, thank you, guys. It's uh, great to be back. I remember our uh, episode very fondly. Uh, So, yeah, uh, I'm happy to be back talking about some other films. Yeah, I'm so glad you started with this, too, the, The Haunted Forest, because... That is one of Hope's absolute biggest fears. So we might as well just dive right in. (laughs) But let's talk a little bit. Can we talk a little bit about the series? I mean, what made you decide? So you've made two narrative features, both of them beautiful. And uh, and what made you decide to to take this left turn into documentaries? Well, first, thank you again, Hope. And um, second, well, I I think, you know, there's been a lot of uh, great real stories. Um, and a lot of legends in the folklore that have been inspirations for Hex and the Drawing and a lot of other projects that uh, I've worked on before and we're going to work on in the future. And um, there's so many great um, little bits of stories and characters left in the folklore of um, all the countries and especially this one that um, there just is not enough space in a lifetime to explore them all in a feature-length film and you know spend years in doing that. And, uh, and some stories, they just don't deserve that hour and a half treatment and uh, but i really wanted to tell them and explore them and see, see what's interesting how they connect between the history and what's real what isn't so me and jonathan uh worked a lot on trying to establish these series where every uh, single one of those feature-length documentaries of each one of the episodes of the several series we go into a different sort of subgenre and a horror theme of folklore and legends that we can explore and um you know give those stories a chance to be heard around the world and people to learn about those mythical um, creatures and narratives. Yeah, and it's great because it just seems in the last few years, folk horror has had such a revival, and it's so great Mm -hmm. to dive in, dive in deeper. And the first one, The Haunted Forest of England, as we said, it's out now. But what about the title Side World? Where did that come from? Well, um, the moment when we knew that it was not going to be just one film and we wanted to explore different ones, I wanted to have something that's going to give it a a more of an idea this is going to be a franchise, this is going to be a series that people can um, come back to. And uh, a lot of the names were terrible until I kind of in the conversation said that, that um, you know, we're kind of opening this this gate with this threshold to a world that kind of lives on the side. And then mm-hmm. I said it, you know, together. And then we said Sadworld. And it's like, oh, that, that's it. That's, that's, that's the title of it. It's uh, kind of what I've been calling it before, just in conversation and just, uh, you know, stuck with that. Well, that's perfect, and that's a, a great lead-in to the movies that we are going to talk about and count down uh, on this episode, the supernatural forest horror, our favorites. Um, any way to, anything more to set it up, uh, Hope? Well, I think and, uh, the, the film talks uh, not exclusively about sort of supernatural elements. There are some that you sort of uh, sort of serial killer uh, suggestions mm-hmm. that, that are involved in the forests of England, but... Uh, I think the whole movie has such a spooky quality to it, and it really picks up on yeah. what I always think is the most interesting concept about forest horror. It's kind of, you know, the way I think Shakespeare used to see it. It's like there's something enchanting about a forest, something enchanted about a forest, which can be magical and fun, but can also be dangerous and spooky. So that was, you know, there's there are countless horror films that are set in the woods, but I really was, I was focusing on the ones that have more of a supernatural element than like, you know, slasher. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Oh, absolutely. And I think these five that we picked uh, are very much sum that up. This is a good, a good cross-section of some of the best, and we'll start with number five. And this is from 2015, 
A family who moved into a remote mill house in Ireland finds themselves in a fight for survival with demonic creatures living in the woods. It's the hollow. He's in the forest again, is he? He's trespassing. It's dangerous for him. They believe that the forest that you're trampling on belongs to the hollow. Hollow. Fairies, banshees, baby stealers. So you believe that? Mr. Hedges, this is in London. Things here go bumping at night. If you trespass upon them, they'll trespass upon you. You should never have come here! I love Irish horror movies, and that's going to be clear on this list, actually, because we have more than one. And uh, and I thought that one of the things I liked about this particular film, I always like films, Irish horror films, that kind of... They, they kind of tread the line between modern Ireland and like prime, you know, like primal medieval, the the sort of spooky forest creature kind of magical realm that it seems like is their history. Like prior to Catholicism taking over and just running the, the whole country before that, it's like, what was going on there and why did it never really go away? I feel like there's a, a tension there in a lot of of Irish horror films that I just love. And I think that this movie really explores that quite well. The other thing I love about it is um, the the creatures. The, the creature effects, I think, are amazing. The actual creatures themselves are so creepy, but, but very, I think, novel. They're not what you're expecting. They're not like anything else in any other movie. And I just really love the way that it all just comes together in this film. Have you seen this one, George? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, well, that, that's the funny thing, because uh, when, when I saw the list, I was like, yeah, The Hallow, I, I've seen this, but w- which one was it? I have to admit, I didn't remember right away. And then uh, Jonathan says, like, do you remember the one with the really creepy fairies and like the, the, the messed up baby with all the, you know, uh, <laughs> free stuff going out of it? And I was like, yes, that one. I love it. So um, it, I have to admit, it took me some time to remember. Uh, I think the stuff that I remember is, is the least about the plot and the story, because I think it, it uses some of the you know usual kind of haunted house trophy elements, and I think that it's it's the biggest detriment. But the the stuff that it really succeeds at uh, is that inventive atmosphere, like as you said, hope, mind that combination of something that can be seen as enchanting, like fairies and forests, and and um, uh, the the impact of nature and and, and coexisting with humans, which of course we're going to see in a lot of those films uh, on that list. Um, and those like practical creature effects, especially the ones that really, you know, we get in there and you can, can really see them and believe them exist. Um, it's a great success of this film, especially as what you can tell is on a, on a smaller budget. So uh, I really love that. And I love how inventive they got with the, the, those desperate little components on their own. Um, there's something to really to look at and experience almost every every 10 minutes or so. Yeah, and I love that you brought up uh, the baby because the baby uh, was actually a mix of animatronics and real twins. They used real <laughs> twins. Oh, they boy. shot in front of a blue screen. And, uh, yeah, the writer-director is Corin Hardy. Uh, did we mention that? Um, and he also did The Nun. Yeah. And uh, he cited Irish folktales, of course, also films of Ray Harryhausen and horror films like Alien, The Evil Dead, The Fly, and The Thing as an influence on the film. And even if I wasn't interested anyway, he summed up the film, Hardy himself summed up the film as Straw Dogs meets Pan's Labyrinth. So I'm in right there. <laughs> I don't. He, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think he may have shot a little high with those two, but um, they're good inspirations, I suppose, to have. I do love, I mean, I love a changeling story. Changeling stories are so fucking creepy. 
Um, and there's a there's like a, a real desperation, I think, involved in this one that I really appreciate. And I think, I mean, the Changeling story, the sort of folklore, the concept is, I think, universal, but only Irish horror movies ever do it justice, I think. And it was shot on location in Ireland. So mm. feeling. I wonder if they have as many ticks as we have. <laughs> ticks, spray. We, we just finished. We just finished shooting in the woods, and I just was ill prepared oh, yeah. for the number of ticks that we had to encounter. It was uh, <laughs> it was horrible. I think we went through more tick spray than water. Yeah, and we've got some left. So if anybody needs some in bulk, <laughs> uh, get a hold of us. <laughs> so that's. Uh, uh, I, I tell you what, it could be it could be forty degrees outside, but uh, sorry, Celsius. I have to say. Uh, but but I'll be I'll be wearing like you know, no shorts, no shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, I just kind of deal with any of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. We were covered head to toe. <laughs> <laughs> so a uh, good start. Number five on our list of supernatural forest horror, The Hollow from 2015. All right. Number uh, moving up to number four. This is one that got, I was not aware of this one. This one was uh, a new one on me. And it's pretty recent, actually. This is from 2016. It follows a land surveyor on an assignment to measure an ancient forest for a developer but soon loses his reason in a supernatural environment that has its own plans called Without Name. There are no words for what it is. I could say it is a doorway, but that would be wrong. I could say it is a frequency, but that would also be incorrect. It is not a dream. But it is like a dream. This one actually, uh, it reminds me a lot of of the Hallow. Um, if you were to combine the Hallow with sort of um, in the Earth, do you remember that one from? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, from last year. So it, it combines those two ideas. There are no actual real creatures in the woods, but this is another one. He, the uh, sort of a surveyor, has gone to this big remote wooded lot in in, in Ireland, partly because he wants to get away from his family. And then he's trying to kind of string along this affair. That's not really going anywhere either. It's an interesting central character because he's almost impossible to like, but he's not cast as a villain. So I always find that interesting when like sort of the flawed hero is is more flawed than good, but in a way that's and the performance is great as well. But he goes into the woods and he's clearly personally lost. And I think that that's a lot of the beginning sort of symbolism of the woods. But then once he's in there, there's a combination of this concept of like this this primal Irish presence, this spiritual presence. And it's so malevolent, but it's never really there. And so in that way, it reminds me of uh, of From the Earth, where you're just lost, which is, of course, I think probably everyone's immediate fear of being in the woods. It is my uh, pathological, overwhelming terror of being in the woods is that I, I I'm positive as soon as I can't see the building that I'm headed toward. I am lost and I will never get out. And that's the fear that I have. And this movie really capitalizes on that in a way that is, I mean, the the it's really the cinematography in a lot of ways, the way that the branches just become sort of a labyrinth as you're walking through and he's losing his own reason. And, and I think that a lot of times when wooded horror is filmed appropriately, it doesn't take very much for it to create that sort of an atmosphere where you believe, oh, yeah, you're just completely lost. And then as soon as you're lost, you're physically lost, then you go nuts. That's what I think that this movie, in a slow burn kind of a way, really does well. I'm glad you brought up 
in the earth because when we first talked about this category, I thought of that movie. I think I liked it better than you did, uh, obviously because it wasn't on this uh, wasn't on this list. But I'm glad you brought it up. And this is uh, the star. I'm going to mess up this name. Naim Algar. Uh, from Censor, which we love so much. Yeah, she's she's great. If you haven't seen Censor, you must see it right away. But she's not the lead. Yeah, she's alongside Alan McKenna. George, what do you think of this one? Yeah, uh, I also didn't know about it. So thanks for uh, telling me. Right. Because it was an absolutely worthwhile watch. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. And um, very well shot film, very well edited film. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I think. Um, the amount of time that it's spent on sometimes just looking at a tree or grass or anything like that, that that's, you know, if it was shot in a worse way, it can, it can just, you know, be filler. But, but in this film, it absolutely crafts that atmosphere that you want uh, to feel like you're absolutely, that character is, is uh, becoming lost in what's supposed to be an environment that, that he should be uh, mapping, that he should be, it should be categorized, it should be humanized, mm-hmm. it should be absolutely explored in the most rational way uh, um, of figuring that out. And he just cannot figure that out the same way that he cannot figure out his own personal relationship. But he thinks he's kind of, again, categorized everything that, you know, he can keep his family away, but then he can have that woman on the side, you know, as his coworker and everything. And all of that falls apart. Then by the end, the whole film structurally falls apart. And I love those type of films that they just melt down by the end. And then you're going like, what the fuck am Uh, uh, um, does it all come together in the end not quite but does it need to know because it's just it just um it unravels and and we as human beings we cannot really put our finger on exactly what's the experience we're getting at and i I think that's something that also kind of comes in with a little bit in common what we say in hunter forest of england as well but there's something about the feeling of when you're lost in the forest of what can happen in the forest that it has that enchanting element but it's also a dark mystery that we'll never really know what it means to us i think you're right i think i think that it is one of the things that makes your documentary so fascinating that i think is a is a real tension in in this movie is the idea that it's a human uh nature to try to figure out and control their Mm -hmm. environment and that means of course your own life and your family and and sort of the decisions that you make in your work life and everything like that and in the case of this character it's his job to do that in in uncharted areas and he's just failing because we you you really just cannot you know it's it's an illusion that you can control your own environment and i think that Without beating you about the face and neck with that theme, it really explores it in a beautiful way. And I think that you're right. One of the reasons that it works as well as it does is that then the movie just succumbs to the idea itself. Yeah, you can't categorize it even to such a degree that you cannot even name it, you know, like the, the, the area itself. It cannot even be put into into words. Yeah, I love that. And I think we did, haven't mentioned director uh, Lorcan Finnegan and writer Garrett Shanley, and they will also work together on that vivarium from a couple of years ago, which was, yeah. that was kind of fun. It was. It was It was interesting <laughs> and weird. Yeah, it was. And this is number four on our list of supernatural forest horror without name from 2016. So we move up to number three, and you knew this was going to be on here, one we've talked about a few times with very good reason, because there's a lot to talk about with this movie. Uh, a grieving couple retreat to their cabin in the woods, hoping to repair their broken hearts and troubled marriage, but nature takes its course. Things go from bad to worse, and say it with me, chaos reigns in Antichrist. You said you wanted to help me! Where are you? 
nature is safe in its church. The evil you talk about is an obsession. No! Did you want to kill me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've done tool sheds in horror. That, <laughs> I think that was just so we could talk about this scene. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, well, you know, I remember the first time I watched this movie. So Lars von Trier, we watch all of his stuff. And we, you know, we always uh, look forward to one of his films, which is funny because they're quite punishing as a rule. Um, but, uh, you know, this film opens with such just just cinematic poetry and then it's such a meditation mm-hmm. on grief and you think you know what you're watching and then about 40 minutes in you go oh no this is a cabin in the woods horror film yeah. and then i was full of glee yeah. <laughs> um i think <laughs> i right. was that... i was giddy at that point oh i can't wait to see what he does here i mean right from the beginning the opening is so beautiful and yet so heartbreaking it just it throws you you know you're you're unsettled right away and then yeah once they get to the woods holy crap and for me, I think it's um, it's a it's a fascinating idea that that grief is maddening, and so the film at about forty minutes in, as as uh, Willem Dafoe's character is trying to to help Charlotte Gainsbourg unmadden, you know, like just just straighten things out and and regain her sanity, then the film takes you into the woods where it's nothing but madness. It's just complete madness. Now, sometimes I think it loses me a little bit. The film does. I, I think it tries very hard to sort of institute this demonic idea uh you know that that you know it's satan's church and all these things which i don't think work as well as they they might have um i'm not opposed to that idea i'm just i'm not sure that that this film delivers that element as well as it could but it does really i think dive into the idea that there's just chaos in the forest that in the forest you can't control what you want to control and anything could happen and man it does just stuff you didn't think was going to happen happens. Oh, uh, am I glad that you put this uh, on the list? Uh, <laughs> I fucking love uh, this. I probably love talking about it more than the film, um, mm-hmm. but I still, I still really love the film. And, and uh, it, it, you know, you, you put it well, I hope, and, and it really feels like it's sort of the Evil Dead Two done by the way of Tarkovsky, right? Like <laughs> It, it, it has everything in it, and, and um, yeah, the opening is such a such a intense cinematic magical moment. Yes. It really sets you up for for what is going to be uh, a masterpiece, and only slightly falls under that. Only probably because in just in some areas, it kind of becomes a little bit unintentionally funny. Um, you know, with chaos reigns and the torture porn and everything, which I think it's uh, some people think that that's what the film is, which is unfortunate because right. there is. You know, that's, that's just just the the tip of the iceberg, and then under that you get all of this amazing uh, content and, and 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 theme and philosophy and and just uh, amazing atmosphere and those performances. Mm-hmm. Um, so well done, so well directed, so so um, fully explores he said grief and 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 um, uh, manlyhood and womanhood and and and, and their, their connection to earth. It's um, uh, yeah, Lars when he's um, when he's at uh, his game and his best, he's just uh, he's just a master. So yeah, I absolutely love Antichrist. Everybody needs to see it, uh, and uh, you always remember it. Right? You don't even need to watch it that many times, and you'll be just constantly stuck in your mind. Oh yeah, for sure. And there's so much to dig into. But and and you're right about Lars. I mean, even I don't love every film that I've seen of his, but you can count on the fact that it's going to be visually striking. Number one, I mean, some of his visuals are just insane. And the fact that it's going to move you 
one way or the other. Might piss you off, might fascinate you, but there's <laughs> yeah. there's always something to dig into. But he does. I mean, he's one of the rare film filmmakers who I think does have he has created outright masterpieces. Melancholia is just a masterpiece. Oh man, it's just a cinematic masterpiece. And for me, especially, uh, you know. Um, when you're a horror fan and you watch a great director and all of a sudden you realize he's made a horror film, it's, I'm so happy. This makes me so happy when, like, you know, well-respected, legitimate, quote, filmmakers decide, I'm going to make a scary movie. I'm just going to dive in. And he, he really dove headlong. And I'm not sure, I think, as you said, not all of the outright horror elements work in this as well as, uh, you know, the the sort of uh, more artistic his his regular type of filmmaking does. I don't think it always meshes, but it's an unforgettable movie. It's one that we've shown at Fright Club, and we did have to warn people because I'm not sure everybody is ready for this film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a friend of ours, I think, a friend of ours was watching it while she was on her treadmill, and there were, the scissors came out, and she hit the floor. She fell off. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I know we mentioned their names, but we just got to give props to those two performances, Charlotte Gainsbourg and Willem Dafoe. Man, so committed and so memorable in this movie. Uh, two of the many things about it. And that is number three on Supernatural Forest Horror Antichrist from 2009. Uh, number two, this is one you knew would be on the list as well. We always love talking about this one. Three film students vanish after traveling into a Maryland forest to film a documentary on the local Blair Witch legend, leaving only their footage behind the Blair Witch Project from 99. I just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. I am so, so sorry because it is my fault because it was my project. I'm so scared. <laughs> it's it's so great. It's a double-edged sword to talk about this movie because I love talking about it, but it's so hard sometimes to separate it from the cultural icon that it became, the movement that it launched. I mean, it, you have to almost remove yourself from that and go back to the very beginning. God, 1999 seems like eons ago, doesn't it? <laughs> but especially when you think, you know, what the world was when this took off as maybe one of the first viral sensations and the legend that it was actually true. And of course, it made a zillion dollars and, and launched so much found footage madness. But I still... I'll defend it to to my dying day. It's a good, effective, scary, scary movie. I think one of the reasons why it doesn't hold up as well as you know maybe it should is that it's really uh, it's one of those films that if you don't see it in a theater, if you can if you have it on your TV and you can be distracted by right. you know your phone or you got laundry to do or you're hungry and you're going to go grab something like it it really it's it's a film that you have to immerse immerse yourself in or you're not going to really enjoy it. But for us, we saw it when it opened. We were dying to see it as it opened. We'd we'd heard a number of times that this is the movie that was made specifically to frighten me. And that's the thing, because people ask me often what movie has scared me the most. And when I say it's a Blair Witch Project, and it absolutely was, this movie scared the shit out of me. It scares me because it hits on everything that I'm afraid of. Everything that frightens me is is on full display in this movie. And I love it. 
Yeah, it, it just it immerses you. You're right. It's a good point about seeing it in the theater uh, because it does. It immerses you, takes you into the woods, and you feel lost. You know, who's got the map? I gave you the map. And when they see the same landmarks over and over again, like, oh, my God. And then it, it leads to a very subtle but terrifying moment. And I get it. People, even at the time, people say, nothing happens. It's not scary. Okay, if this doesn't touch the things that, that scare you, I get it. But I, I thought it was just a... a brilliant way to construct minimalistic terror and of course on a shoestring budget uh just a fantastic job yeah absolutely um i think uh, i mentioned with antichrist how some, sometimes people think is uh just what they've heard about it and uh, i think with blair witch project that's uh the the, the biggest problem that the film i had which is not a problem of the film where it becomes became so successful but i think after i just generated a lot of audience that um you know it was so overhyped for them mm-hmm. that it was like the, the you know as as as, as content you know that um they just again they said like oh it's not that scary it's not this it's not unfortunately films like that they work the best when they're the underdog mm-hmm. when you don't know yeah. about them when it's a surprise uh, every every film is better so it is an amazing experience but also a film like Blair which felt just like you just you're on cable, you're flipping through the channels, it's two o'clock in the morning, and then you come at the Blair Witch Project. And you're like, what, what, what the hell is that? And you just start watching it as the most terrifying thing ever because it just comes out of nowhere. It just looks like, you know, some people shot some shitty footage of like, in a documentary, and then it just hits you. Um, and it really works so well as that. And, and I think it needs to be given the fair shot of, that it was intended to be this. And it intended to come from out of nowhere, to be found, to be discovered, yep. to be an artifact. Uh, and um, as that is is really really effective, and it, it's in its minimalism um, is it, perfect because it didn't only like of course it's given the most props and it created the new genre. I mean, there's been mockumentaries before that, and some of my favorite ones are actually before the Blair Witch Project, but that's another episode. <laughs> um, but, but it, it, <laughs> it created this movement; it really did. But but I think something else that it created is just minim- like the the comeback of minimalism into horror, like the comeback of like really uh, um, giving like some some air to breathe between the moments and really experience what it is for you to be in that situation. Because we're just coming out of the '90s where everything was kind of action horror with a horror which it's also great but Blair which brought that back as well with or without the shaky camp and I love it for it yeah, amen. Uh, that is the Blair Witch Project from 19, way back in 1999, number two on our list of Supernatural Forest Horror. All right, moving up to number one, another one that we've talked about so many times for so many reasons. We love it so much. Uh, from 2015, a family in 1630s New England is torn apart by the forces of witchcraft, black magic, and possession. It is the witch. This wilderness will not consume us. You've cursed this family. This is witchcraft. She placed a curse on me. Why have you turned against me? I saw it. Your reign of evil. It's not safe. Not with them. Think on my sins. I love every single thing about this movie, every single thing. Um, And one of the things that I love the most is that 
the mom, who's just wrong in so many ways, but she's like, don't go in the woods. Everybody stay out of the She just knows. She just knows there's something menacing and we can't control it. And I love that uh, that in that in the end, the film finds something freeing, although you have to abandon everything that you hold dear to to embrace that kind of freedom. I mean, there are so many things about this movie that are just to me perfect. But the this 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 tension with the woods right outside their, you know, their what they believe is uh, a controlled environment, I think, uh, is incredibly well done in this movie. Yeah, it's the first taste we got of, of Robert Eggers and his style and his com- his legendary commitment to authenticity, building these houses with the with the uh, implements they used back in the 1600s. Um, and it, it's another one that you can talk about endlessly and pick apart themes. I remember in our, our original review, I mentioned how to me it was really speaking to radicalism. Um, and and there's some people that saw that, some people that didn't. But you can just you can dive into it. The performances are great. The atmospherics are tremendous. And I know for some people, because we've talked to them, it really ruined it that there was something in the woods to be found. I I don't think so at all. Um, I, I'm right with you. I think so much of this film works um, just right on down to the very last shot. And you talk about a, a supernatural forest movie. Yeah, it's 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 hard to top this one. What do you think, George? No, I, I love it. And, and, and first of all, I, again, I need to thank Rob Riggers not only for making this movie and two more that are absolutely great, but uh, also for the fact that when um, when my first film, Hex, came out and most of the reviews said, like, well, if you like The Witch, you should watch Hex as well. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's such a compliment. More, more like I'm the warm-up band, I guess, before the real stars come out. Yeah, but, 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 um, but no, it's it's um, absolutely wonderful. I mean, the way, the way it's shot, the way it's conceived, the iconography of just those individual visual elements of, uh, of you just have the witch, the black goat, the, yeah. you know, the house, and, and then like just, just the faces of all these people. All of them are so memorable, the whole family. Uh, and, and of course, uh, uh, you know, star-making performance for, for Anya Taylor-Joy and, you know, um, mm-hmm. it, it's, um, I mean, half of the film, I didn't even know what they're saying. Right, um, <laughs> right. I didn't really need to know because, um, because it was so well told visually. That's a good point. Yeah, because now if you do, it is funny if you do watch it with subti- subtitles on. Yeah, if you watch it with subtitles on, you will pick up things that, oh, I didn't realize that's what it was saying. But that's a really good point. It's so well told visually. It really is. And you're right. I mean, all of the performances are so just astounding in this movie. I mean, Anya Taylor Joy, she just, she's, she's so perfect at that. Just, she's ripening. She's right at this age mm-hmm. where everything will happen. And then um, uh, uh, Ralph Ineson, oh my God, that voice. It's so perfect. Uh-huh. It's so amazing. Uh-huh. And Dale Dickey and Harvey Scrimshaw, who plays the brother, I think doesn't get enough. That scene is the ecstasy scene. Yeah. That I can't imagine yeah. what it was like to amazing. direct a 12-year-old boy for that. Right. And then, of course, Jonas and Mercy. Jonas and Mercy. Oh, my God. I mean, this movie mm-hmm. is such perfection. The Witch. Love it. Number one on our list of supernatural folk horror. That is from 2015. Uh, again, now George Popoff, our special guest, uh, return trip. And we love it. Uh, his new documentary, feature-length documentary out now, Side World of the Haunted Forest of England. That is number one, the first installment in a series. So what are we looking for next for Side World? Well, uh, the next one will be our sea-inspired uh, one, which will be Side World Terrors of the Sea. So that yeah. will be coming up soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess 
again, with, it wasn't intentional, but Edgar went from the witch in the forest then to the lighthouse with C, and I guess with the documentary <laughs> as well. Again, not really um, trying to imitate anyone, but uh, it, it's just, it's uh, yeah, it's a naturally the next one, but yeah, we're, we're meant to make a lot more of them. It's, it's just a real joy to explore all these stories. I mean, I've always been a big X-Files fan, and, and now I just get to be both Mulder and Scully. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, pretty great. That's awesome. <laughs> well, and you do it so well. Uh, anyone who hasn't checked out Side World, The Haunted Forest of England, do that. Uh, it's available right now. So looking ahead to what we're doing next, we have, we'll be back. Well, we're going to, we talked about it. We're moving to Friday nights for Fright Club Live. So we'll be back at Gateway Film Center Friday, July 8th. We're going to talk about cats and we're going to watch the voices. And then the next one in the studio, actually, by that point, my novel Roost will have an audio book that you can, you can purchase. I know somebody who recorded that. I know somebody with a really cool voice who did the who did the audio book. Sorry, 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 sorry to interrupt. You said you're going to talk about cats. What the musical? No, that might <laughs> make a the list. Horror story. <laughs> that's, like, that's, a, that's a true horror movie. That's a true horror movie. Nothing, nothing on this list is scarier than that. I'll <laughs> well played. Well played. Now then, we're back in the studio um, next month for, and we're going to talk about small town horror and talk a little bit about the book Roost. All right, looking forward to all that. And uh, in the meantime, hope you'll keep the conversation going with us. It's always easy to find us on Twitter. That's at Fright Club Pod. And tell us what you thought about your favorite supernatural forest horror and what we left off. Maybe something we missed because ah, last time we missed the lure. So maybe there's something right in front of our faces here that we missed about uh, going into the haunted forest. Let us know on Twitter. Again, Fright Club Pod. On Facebook and Instagram, you can find us at Mad Wolf Columbus. And then the main website where you can find all of our written reviews about all the new movies that are coming out every week, as well as our our other podcast called The Screening Room. That's all there for you, uh, the main website, at madwolf.com. So thanks again to George Popoff, back for a second round. Delightful. He always brings so much to the uh, podcast, and we thank him for it. Again, you can check out Side World, The Haunted Forest of England, right now. We look forward to part two about the seas. That's great. That gets me. I, I love that sort of stuff. Oh, I know you do. George, where can we find you on social media and websites and everything? Oh, uh, yeah, the best one will be um, if you go on Twitter, you can find at Rubicon Films UK. Also, our website is uh, rubiconfilms.co.uk. You can find everything there. Um, You can find us also on Instagram uh, at Rubicon underscore films underscore UK. Uh, I'm also somewhere there as well on, uh, you know, Twitter and uh, Instagram at uh, at, uh, DGeorgePopov. Thank you to George. Thank you for uh, dropping by Fright Club. And until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. This is the Fright Club podcast. George, take it away. Stay frightful, my friends. <laughs>